Hey, welcome to the Metaxas Podcast. We hope that through these honest and transparent conversations, we can all move from feeling hurt to being whole as we work to create a more balanced life and find peace in our everyday. Hey guys, welcome back to the Metaxas Podcast. Um, It is me, your boy, Seth. And uh, I I have some really exciting news today. Uh, Tom, unfortunately, is out of town. Um, that's, That's not the good news, but... Um, I have been uh, proven wrong and my emotions have been restored because uh, Gabe has moved back to Florida. Um, And so Gabe is with me on the podcast today. Um, Gabe, tell tell us about your adventure. (laughs) Spare no details. Maybe maybe a few. All right. Um, Well, it's good to be back. Um, You know, we'll get into this maybe a little bit later, but... You know, this is kind of a return of the king here, you know, <laughs> uh, the podcast. But Foreshadowing there. <laughs> um, no, no, it's it's really great to be back. I, so, as, <laughs> it's a little funny because I was actually on the flight back from, from New York City when I listened to the episode where Tom and Seth gave a really, really heartwarming obituary. <laughs> obituary. To, to, to Mo and I. And I was like, oh, this is, this is so touching, but it's also kind of awkward because I'm, I'm on my way back. To their credit, I, I didn't... I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really let them know about anything. I think Seth didn't even know I was leaving for New York until like two days before. Heartbroken I was. Um, but yeah, so I, I for about two months, I went up to to live in New York City with a really close friend of mine. Actually, um, um, Seth knows um, him. We both worked under Seth um, in our time uh, working for Res, Res Life um, under Seth. But, yeah, I, I he was like, hey, man, I got like a, I got a bunk bed. And uh, he's like, I, if you want to, come crash with me for a little while. And I thought, just finish my master's, don't really have... Um, anything holding me holding me back so I thought why not just have a little adventure live in the city for a little bit um, had a really great time lived in a pantry for two months um, but I mean hey it's the the city so um, only, only live once they say <laughs> <laughs> um, had a really great time met a lot of really awesome people um, and just kind of yeah took a sabbatical uh, I figured I'd just take a break and do something in between my masters in my career and so now I'm I'm back um um Motown Philly's back again mm. and um well said uh I'm yeah so <laughs> pumped to have you back um and so yeah so so we did we started back up because um we were like we don't really know um when Gabe's gonna be back if Gabe's gonna be back I have no idea um, and, and, and to Gabe's credit, um, he, he did actually tell Mo and Tom and had misremembered me being in that conversation, yes, which yes. I'm okay with. It happens to me all the time. Um, somebody sat on me again, kind of thing. <laughs> um, but, um, no, man, I am, I'm, I'm super pumped to have you back because I, I always enjoy our conversations and I think they're always a lot of fun. But today I think it's especially fun because we are going to... We're gonna lighten it up a little bit. I feel like the last month of episodes have been pretty, pretty intense. Our world has been pretty intense. The election and COVID and all this other stuff. So, um, what we want to talk about today is a few different things. And there's there's obviously this tension that a lot of people live in, and it's the tension between fiction and reality. Mm. Um, and and more specifically, we want to talk about like storytelling. So we want to talk about literature, uh, books. Um, and, and movies, especially books that have been made into movies or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, Gabe, what, what's your favorite book, first of all? Let's start there. What's your favorite, favorite book? Favorite book. Oof. And is it, is it fact or fiction? Okay. So, um, my favorite book, I feel like the Bible's a cop-out, so I'm not going to say that. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, I do like, I do, I do love the Bible, but, um... I think my favorite book is Looking for Alaska by John Green. Okay. Have you read that book? I I have not. So 
Mainly because I'm from Alaska and we don't read books like that. So <laughs> it's like asking me if I watch like have you have you watched like Alaska Gold Rush or Building Alaska or Ice Road Truckers? No, you just live it. To which I answer my father in law, no, every every time <laughs> I see him and talk to him. But. Oh man. Um no, so yeah, John Green was a very influential author for me, as well as I'm sure for many people, but in my in my high school years and I feel like he had a really, he just had such a talent for getting into the, the brain and the psychology and the emotions of the angsty teenager. And I mean, you, you, you know some of his, probably some of his other stuff, like Fault in Our Stars and okay, Paper yeah. Towns. Uh, yeah. Very, um, you know, the kind of like, you think maybe the gushy, uh, uh, What's the tragic teenage stories? Right, yeah. But looking for Alaska specifically was just had such an impact on me, and I don't want to give away too much because I I would definitely recommend that anyone read it. Um, but it, it just the themes in the in the in that book, um, a lot of existential themes, and, and and this is pretty staple of John Green, but just a lot of existential philosophical themes in that book and I think it was just masterfully written it's got a huge um like twist in it and it's oh man I I'm just taking me back just talking about it but yeah it, it just had a really big impact on me and at that time you know as a teenager it, it made me feel kind of understood in a way and that I was capable of depth and in, in both thinking and emotion that most people I feel are like, oh, you're just a dramatic teenager, you know? Yeah. And it felt like these stories really, really touched on a lot of that kind of importance that you feel like you have as a teen. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that it, it's it's just a big part of who you are. You know, you're, you're starting to become abstract in your thinking. The world is becoming a bigger place to you. And yet there's also this kind of suppression that you feel from people older than you or above you that right. tell you that you don't know anything yet and yeah. that you're not capable of of all the things that you think you might be. And so that was just a, a world in which it felt like adult stories and themes were being uh, placed onto people my age. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. That's that's a really in-depth um, uh, analysis there. Um, my my favorite book is probably one that I read this summer, okay. and it's it's not a, it's not a fiction book though. It is it is a book called The Gene, hmm. um, and it is uh, it is an intimate history of humanity. Ooh, all right. Like so <laughs> it is um, it, it it follows the discovery of the gene um, okay. with with. Um, you know, Mendel and, um, you know, all these other scientists who are, you know, um, just kind of searching in, in patterns in nature and things like that. And then how genetics uh, was created and developed over the years and the purpose of genetics and, and you know, the, the, the sinister side of genetics mm. you can look at with, um, you know... Uh, the pure Aryan race of the sure. of the Nazi yeah. ideology, or honestly, even um, even in America, like pre pre Nazi Germany, there were a lot of concentration type camps with um, people who were um, deemed mentally inept, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. they were they were sent away so that they wouldn't breed with normal people. Yeah, and they you know America was on this this journey to create a better humanity yeah. in doing that. Yeah. And so there, there were also unspeakable things that happened in in those times, which unfortunately were legal at the time, but are are just in, incredibly crazy. Um, but it, it continues to walk through, and the book, I think the, my favorite part is that the, the book, when it ends, it ends on a cliffhanger of like, and we'll see where we go next. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. genetics is constantly developing, and... and you know, we're, we're still finding a cure for cancer yeah. and, um, there's proof that that may be genetic and that there's a, there's a code in the genetic, 
um, structure for people that could eliminate cancer altogether mm-hmm. um, if we find out a way to rewrite the genetic code and stuff like that. So um, I think that just um, was my favorite. That's been my favorite book that I've read. Okay. Now, my, my favorite story, however, is a fiction story. And I, I actually have the book right here. I also read this book. And we were talking about this a little bit before, and Gabe, I promised you could borrow it after this uh, this episode, but it is the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I would actually include The Hobbit in this trilogy, but um, this, is a, this is a hefty boy, <laughs> and uh, it has got all the books in one, and um, my dad gave this to me when I was 12, uh, because I asked him for it, and um, he's like, if he's going to read it, then I'll get it for him. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because he won't read anything but comic books right yeah, now. Yeah, a kid asking for a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was my parents' dream. Unfortunately, that was that was, that was was when they woke up. So, um, uh, but yeah, man, I absolutely love the story that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote mm. for not just the, the Lord of the Rings, but like all of Middle Earth, mm-hmm. and like you go back to like... The Silmarillion, the original book, the, yeah. the creation story, um, and then you go past it, and um, this man wrote his own language. Uh, yeah, this man wrote an alphabet for the Elvish language. I just need, I like, I wish I could show this to you guys because it's it, it really is incredible. Um, just the amount of detail that has gone into just creating a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, and I think that's why this is my favorite is because, and I would. I would put this on the same scale, um, although in in a tier above. I would put it on the same scale as the Harry Potter series, mm-hmm. Star Wars series, um, although you can debate which ones are even necessary, you know, because they came so far apart. Sure. Um, the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. Um, C.S. Lewis. Uh, C.S. Lewis, another, another classic series there. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, just an in, incredibly uh, in-depth and well-thought-through um, story for the ages. Yeah. So, um, it's it, and I will say Tolkien is a very fascinating person. Mm-hmm. You know, is a very fascinating person behind a fascinating story. I don't. There was actually a movie that came out about yeah. his life. Have you seen it? Tolkien. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I don't think I have yet. No. I thought it was good. I think okay. it gave a lot of a lot of background and he was just so fascinated with language and mm-hmm. and the the how, you know, how it like how it works, how it's put together and also some of seeing some of his experiences and so he was actually in World War 1 right. seeing how that played into like that's kind of the some of the stuff they play into in the movie about him, but just such a fascinating character. And to think, I, th- I believe I could be wrong with this fact checkers, but yeah, I could be wrong on this. Um, I believe that all of this started, he, he had kind of bits and pieces, but it all started to kind of click into motion was, I think the Hobbit was just a story. He started to tell his kids yeah, as like a story at night, you know, like a bedtime story and, eventually like all these different aspects that he kind of dabbled in you right. know whether if it's the the elvish language or thoughts about you know dwarves or kings and whatever mm-hmm. um all of that started to click into place after he really started to, to tell the story so it's really cool also to hear some of the background to some of the stories and the things that we love um i know star wars takes a lot from from the like archetypes of yeah. you know that of of stories that have that we've used since people started telling stories right you know like the young hero the 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 old the older wise man who trains the young boy and then right. usually there's there's a certain quest and it follows the story arc of that quest usually there's um like either like a treasure or a or a lady that needs saving. There's a prize, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and so it's really interesting to me if you look at all of these classic stories. They all kind of, um, they're not all the same, but just to see how the, the, the tradition of storytelling, how it's kind of evolves, and I think that plays into um, maybe segueing into books and 
and movies, it's just the medium through which we tell stories has changed. Mm -hmm. But stories are kind of a constant, you know. Yeah. There's, it it all started with the oral tradition. Yep. And I think for most of human history, that's how we told stories, and then we got the ability to write, you know, them down and at at a, in a mass way, you know, with the yeah. invention of the printing press. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was the that was the way to tell stories for a long time. Um, the newer thing, and now we have movies, and I think with each uh, innovation, if you will, or each stage. Um, of storytelling that mm-hmm. comes up, it's become easier and easier to consume the stories. Yeah. Um, because with oral, you have to not only tell it, but you have to remember it. You have to do a lot of that. Right. With reading, okay, well, you can just, you don't have to wait on anyone. You don't have to, you know, depend on anything like that. You can just read it. And then with movies, it's such a passive consumption of something you don't have to do anything it just happens to you you know yeah so it's just it's really interesting you know kind of talking about books and movies how how things kind of play out um in terms of the evolution of storytelling and and stories Mm -hmm. yeah and so i didn't even think about this before we started recording but i i think the the thing i love the most about like like i was saying like lord of the rings harry potter um, Star Wars um, is that the the story arc is sort of similar for all three of them. Mm-hmm. There's there's this character development through the series that uh, that you see take place, and then you know, like in Star Wars, for example, you eventually see someone take over that 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 um, that mantle. Oh, yeah. Um, but the whole idea, and it's more overt in Star Wars, but the whole idea is to bring balance sure right yeah, to the whole yeah. to the whole like existence of all living things yeah, yeah and so for lord of the rings like they're they're seeking to um maintain balance by defeating something that wants to throw off balance yeah um for for harry potter uh, if you haven't seen harry potter i feel like this is not a spoiler alert if you have not seen harry potter that is on you man um they have been out for years um but um there's there's this whole like uh trying trying to um you, like there was balance and then all of a sudden somebody came back to throw balance off mm-hmm. who then wanted to completely shift the scales in one direction mm-hmm. and now Harry Potter's got to you know create balance find balance he's the only one that can do it apparently mm-hmm. and um which I won't ruin it um you know but, you know what's an interesting thought. I don't. Um, um, and again, this might be uh, so. So you you might need you probably need to know a little bit about Star Wars to understand this. But what's I you know, and I've never really thought about this. But talking about balance, so you know how Anakin is supposed to be the chosen one because he's supposed to restore balance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, if you think about balance, balance is even on both sides balance right. isn't even 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 on good and evil not just like all good right it means good and evil are both at an even place and one doesn't have too much over the other so technically when he and again spoiler but again if you haven't seen this at this point you know i feel like that's on you when anakin turns to the dark side if you think about it, for the last like thousand years, they talk about the Jedi have been the one running everything. Yeah, they've been completely. Yeah. There's been no in, Sith. In, in their minds. The Sith were extinguished. Yes. And yes. Yeah. And so there's this huge imbalance in that the Jedi are the ones running everything. You mm-hmm. know, the light side of the Force, if you will, is completely on you know the the one on this scale, and by turning to the dark side, Anakin technically tips the scales. Yeah, to to that's even. True. Then again, like he tips it to even for like ten minutes, and then, and then all the Jedi die. But 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 theoretically, yeah. he tips it to even, and then I mean, if you look at the redemption story, technically he does it again, when by t- by switching back. Yes. Yeah. So he really was it. So you know, some people might argue, oh, it took him till the end of Return of the Jedi to tip the scales yeah. but really like he did it twice he he like he was kind of the 
the, the weight on both ends. So that's a really interesting thing. Kind of a tangent, yeah. but something to think about. Yeah, and and I think even in the in, in, in the new three, seven, eight, and nine, episode seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. I think what we're finding is that there is balance across all living creatures now. So for for episodes one through six, all we hear about is um, how the force is derived from all living things, mm-hmm. right? That um, these midichlorians that are in our bodies are um, somehow coming from all living things, but but some living things have more of it than the other. But he he's sort of come to this enlightenment of like, I don't have to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Like, you can't yeah, force yeah. me to do that. Why am I just doing things that are wrong? Yeah. And so um, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing um, more of a consciousness in mm. the force yeah, of, yeah. uh, like through individual people sure. in the ability to choose regardless of what side you initially find yourself on, yeah. which is, um, really the big story with, uh, Anakin and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyways, that we're, we're not here just to talk about star Wars, yeah. although Gabe and I could literally talk for hours. <laughs> But um, the the one of the things we do want to talk about is the idea between fiction and fact. So yeah. my favorite book was a story about genetics, mm-hmm. right? It was a true story about genetics, and mm-hmm. yours was a story about a kid kind of searching for purpose, meaning, and Alaska, <laughs> right? Like you, I feel like you said a lot about it. That You're technically I not wrong. About. You're technically not um, wrong. And so, um, but there's there does have to be this balance. My wife loves reading um, murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. Scares the crap out of me, but <laughs> um, you know, because I'm I'm just thinking like she's just she's just learning a million ways to to kill me and get away with it. I don't know. Um, no, she loves me. I think. Um, but there does there there sort of has to be this balance right between the 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 fantasy worlds we indulge in and the the real world that we live in sure you know so where where do we find that there's there's even games like second life or sims where you can create <laughs> yeah. this this sort of alter like this alternate life now there's um there's vr virtual reality yeah and you can literally immerse one of your senses completely into mm-hmm. or even several of your senses hearing included sure. into a reality that is that is real for you, but mm-hmm. it's on, but it's only virtual. Mm-hmm. So so, what's your? Are, do you have like a question or? Yes. I, I don't remember you. You. I think you. Yes, said, I do. I think. Or um, is, is, okay. So so my, the 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 big so proposal the, is where's the balance? Where's the balance? Okay, where's the okay. balance between? Okay. You know the 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 fantasy worlds that we love to indulge in and the reality we still have to live in. So, I think that. There should be a balance, first of all. Um, I think that people... uh, We're all different, so some of us may enjoy living more so in the fiction or living more so in the grounded reality that we are in. Yeah. But I think that there definitely needs to be a balance because you, you look at where we are today, and I've seen this in a lot of the kids these days and there's just such a passive consumption of things Mm. whether it be fiction or non-fiction but there's such a passive consumption like it makes me wonder what we're gonna look like as a society when this generation comes of age because you think I think of even back when I was a kid which wasn't that long ago but when I was a kid we didn't have things like streaming and where it's just <laughs> you could literally wake up and go to sleep and fill that time with passive consumption of yeah. media, whether if it's uh, shows, movies, games, whatever it is, and gaming being a little obviously a little more active. But you know, if we're talking about stories and and, and fiction and reality, you can just be so saturated with that without having to think for yourself you know and sure like there's murder mystery like shows and you're like oh i wonder if this person who got away did how they got you know but 
it happens to you. And one of the things I think that is so wonderful about um, reading, when we're talking about books and movies, the thing about reading is, again, it is still a, a passive as opposed to creating a story. Mm-hmm. But in that sense, you have to fill in the blanks in a lot of things. Like, what did what did this person look like? Like, and they can describe it perfect. They, the author can perfectly describe yeah. um, a character, and to you and me, they can still be little differences in how we sure. perceive. That's that, yeah. And then, and then if you have a movie, you know exactly what that person looks like. You know exactly what they were wearing. You know what the scenery. And so there's there's just a difference in how you engage with reading versus with movies. Another thing that I think is so beautiful about books is books are when people write a book they obviously want people to read them but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily writing for anyone hmm. so what I mean by that is yeah you can have a young adult uh, novelist who writes for young adults or a murder mystery or uh, author writer who writes for people who like murder mystery but it's different than when you think of a movie is specifically marketed to an audience hmm. and they have such a pressure for people to come and watch this movie and meet, make enough money to, to not only like make the budget but hopefully surpass it. Yeah. With a book, you put a lot of time and effort and then you just kind of release this thing in faith hoping that people will. And so I feel like you have so much more freedom to be – to. To, to create something original and something that you're not necessarily like, okay, I want, you know, hopefully this many, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. one thing if you're writing sequels and like, you know, sagas, because then you're like, okay, like I want people to keep reading this. But when it, when it comes to just, just original works of art, and I don't, it's not, and again, like I'm not like harping on movies because I love movies. I watch so many movies, but I think there's just a difference and so, and I know I've sorry I've deviated from your original question, but no, you're that's doing just great. that was just something that like it's like I, you never left. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's just something that I that I thought about while we were thinking while we were talking about what we were when you mentioned what we were going to talk about. Yeah. Today, and I guess kind of going back to reality versus fiction, I guess kind of why I got onto that tangent is just there's something that. M- imagination when we're talking about fiction and a an ability to remove yourself from where you are i mean technically we kind of create fiction when we plan for the future because the future is something that's never going to happen wow the, 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 you know you we constantly live in the present <laughs> so seriously that's wow okay uh, i'm with you <laughs> and so um there's just something about being able to stretch that you know, that muscle in your, you know, in your brain and in your heart too, to be able to place yourself somewhere else that I think is so important to making us human. Yeah. On the other hand, there needs to be that grounding in reality because you can't just, again, like I'm sure we all know someone who lives in the future Mm -hmm. and just, you know, life passes you by or you neglect things where you are. So you don't ever want to be, you know, as people like to say a lot with your head in the clouds mm. too much it, I th- that's why i think the balance is important kind of going back to your original question yeah because both of those things are essential i think to experiencing a good quality of life and stories are something that stories have always brought people together stories have been something that no matter what walk of life you're from i think i think art in general mm-hmm. because you think of Music, music unites people. Um, stories and 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 music can tell a story. Uh, you think about um, monolithic structures, you know, like the pyramids or Stonehenge, yeah, or uh, Machu Picchu, like all these different things. Like so, stories are a medium through which art is um, is told. You know, like you, you art is just uh, stories are just um, art that is. Um, manifested in a particular way. Okay, and so I think that's why for us, just the topic of, even if we're talking about books versus movies or, right. or reality and fiction, 
at the end of the day, I think as long as we keep telling stories, it doesn't necessarily matter if like one is better or worse than the other. I think that's just part, like a big part of what makes us human. And like yeah. as as a human uh, race, we have such a colorful story of our own. And that's why I think fiction, here's what I think about reality and fiction. I think, and I was talking to you a little bit about this before the episode, but history is so incredibly interesting. Yeah. The only thing is that when we when we sit through history in a classroom, it has to be glazed over in the most general and... Hit the bullet points, yeah, you highlight, to, you yeah. Need, you need to look at it so, from so far away in order <laughs> yeah. to get anything because there's so much to go through. But when what's really interesting, and I'll say this for people, you know, you may hate history, you may not like it, but if you look at it from outside the context of a classroom and if you take the magnifying glass and you bring it in close, there are so many. Uh, history is just chock full of amazing stories that are just as crazy as fiction. You know, maybe, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about grounding in reality, so, you know, George Washington didn't fly, you know, or anything. You're like, yeah. Abe Lincoln didn't zap lasers on the South. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, it, there's just so many, so much intrigue, so much depth, and and um, amazing detail within the lives of individual people um, throughout history that you can look at, and it's just like, wow. For example, one, one really uh, popular example a couple years ago, have you seen the movie The Revenant? No. No? Okay. I don't think but I have. Do you know what it's about? It, I know that it is about a man. It's about a man. It's and about a, a man and, uh, and a bear. And a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so for so for those so of I, you who, who I are, nailed it, I think I think I nailed that. I one. think I think you you pretty much got it. Uh, <laughs> there's no need to explain that further. It's sad because isn't, that's that's the one Leo DiCaprio finally won finally an Oscar won for, an, and, he, and had, he was the only person in it. He had to he had to like <laughs> the poor guy had to climb into like a deer carcass to get an Oscar, and like eat a liver. Like a raw liver. Anyway, um, for those of you who, who are maybe not as familiar with what the story, the movie, the movie's about. So the movie's about a guy who's like, they're like, uh, like he's traveling with a fur company. They're like fur trappers. And he ends up getting attacked and mauled by a bear, like to death. Dang. And Wait, so he dies? No. So he should have died. Okay, so I say, not to death. I, I say to death because... That's what they think. They're like, this guy's dead. There's no reasonable reason why this guy should have lived. Gotcha. He's like, literally like his back and his organs are exposed. Like, oh God. like he's, he should be dead. He just didn't die. Like he's just there. Yikes. So, <laughs> so what, and, and they're also in hostile native um, territory. Okay. This group of like 40 guys or something like that. Okay. And so what happens is. They're like, two guys draw the short straw and are like, well, this guy's still alive. He's just like barely wheezing. I, um, I, listened, to, I listened to a podcast. Um, I guess I might as well give them a little shout out. It's called The Dollop. And it's by these two guys. They're, they're just these two funny guys. And they tell, they, basically this, they tell like crazy real life stories that nobody hears about. And so The Revenant is based on the story, the life story of a guy named Hugh Glass. Ah. And so... Um, basically, Hugh Glass, they described him in the podcast as like a moaning slab of beef. Like he's literally just like dead, but he's still breathing. Yeah. So his the, soul has yet to have left his body, exactly. but there's there's no plausible there's, way. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. And so and so the two guys who draw the short straw basically are charged to like stay with him until he dies out of humanity's sake. Sure. And then they'll catch that's, up. That's sweet. Yeah. So like Two days, I think, passed, and this guy's still alive. He just won't die. And so, and this is, you know... He's about the, to die of starvation. Yeah, and so they're, <laughs> they're basically the two guys, like, are like, look, this guy's literally about to die. We don't want to die, too, like, wait, just waiting for him to die. Sure, sure. So they, like, just kind of, like, make him, a, you know, a little place to die, and they leave him. Well, he ends up not dying, and, like crawling several hundred miles like literally like he crawls for like hundreds of miles eventually is able to walk and like it just is 
literally fueled by vengeance because these two guys, like, instead of, like, carrying him away, like, they got tired of carrying him. They're like, he's slowing us down. We're going to die. Let's leave him. And basically, he lives. He lives. Wow. That's like, if so, you're one of those two guys, that's like your worst nightmare. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so that is... No, like, if you're Hugh Glass, you, you, your worst nightmare happened before that. But. <laughs> your worst nightmare <laughs> happened when you survived. So now, yeah. now you're just filled with rage and, and vengeance. You gotta find something else to have a nightmare about. Yeah. <laughs> I guess not getting your vengeance would be your nightmare. But, And so that's a crazy story, right? Real life story. What's crazy is they made a whole movie about that, but if you, like, I like I listen to this podcast, and they talk about his whole life, and there are so many more crazy things that happen than this guy's, like, this guy just refused to die, basically. Dang. And so you, and so that's kind of, like, what I was getting at is that reality is also, people tend to maybe be like, oh, there's nothing special about reality, reality is every day, um, but there's just sure. so, there's so much to not be dismissive about. Yeah. I mean, there... And I, and if you're looking for for really crazy real-life stories, like, they don't pump any fiction into this. The Dollop, it's a great podcast where they just tell these insane stories that, like, nobody ever hears about because, again, history is so broad and you can't, you know, go into specifics so much. Yeah. You learn about it in school. But, yeah, it, it, and so that's kind of my, my soapbox that I'm going to hop off... Of no, <laughs> but yeah. Well, if if you go listen to the dollop, tell them the guys from Texas yeah, sent you, yeah, and uh, they'll give you a discount on streaming services. <laughs> but um, that's not true. Um, but yeah, Gabe, I I I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think there there is this fine distinction between how much fiction we can put into reality because mm -hmm. it, it's not that reality isn't fascinating enough. Mm -hmm. There are crazy stories that are happening all the time. Yeah. Um, another, if, if I may, a podcast that my wife listens to that I tend to uh, eavesdrop on from time to time um, is My Favorite Murder. And um, I, I, I mainly listen half so I know how she might try to kill me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My my wife really does love me. You're making I, a lot of kid. Your wife joke with, me jokes. I, I I joke with Marissa a lot about um, why she listens to a lot of those podcasts and reads a lot of those books, and she just looks at me sometimes, and then starts laughing. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Um, but no, we love each other. Um, um, I feel like this is your way of being like, if I, something like crazy happens to My me. My wife did it. Listen, yeah, listen to this podcast, <laughs> yeah. please. No, so, um, but she, she listened to this, to this podcast called My Favorite Murder. And they, they basically just come with a story that either somebody sends in of, of a personal story that happened to them. Mm. Or of how they almost got killed by a serial killer. Oh my goodness. Or they they almost got murdered one time or they they thought they could have gotten murdered or something. Yeah. But then they also talk about like famous serial killers and like their, their MO and mm -hmm. you know, calling cards and all that. And it's just it's it's fascinating enough. The disco strangler. The yeah, the co ed killer, the 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 zodiac killer, um uh BTK, like I mean, I'm probably naming too many serial disco, killers to be comfortable with myself, but... Um, the Disco Strangler's a fictitious murderer. The from, Scranton Strangler. From Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. <laughs> the Disco Strangler. I forgot all about that. Yeah. To be honest, I was just rolling with I mean, the uh, that's the thing. There's so yeah. many Stranglers, murders. Yeah. That, uh, there's probably one that was a Disco Strangler. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Tattletale Strangler. But... <laughs> Um, but, but, but there are, there's so many stories from history, I think that you can pull out that are like, mm -hmm. holy crap. Like that's gotta be fiction. That's, like, that, I feel like there's that, no way that's true. I feel like that would be an, it's I'm almost sure. like it's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is already probably a podcast out there, but I feel like, like just to kind of prove a point that fiction and reality can sometimes just be, again, within reason, a fiction and reality can just be blur the lines can be blurred sometimes because yeah i bet if you did a uh, podcast or something where you like told gave a synopsis of like a uh, situation or like a murder or an event and they're like all right you guys have to guess is was that a real life thing that happened or is that fiction 
And I'm sure like plenty of people would not be able to tell the difference because reality can just be so crazy. Like yeah. it, it can be <laughs> filled with so many unbelievable things that, you know, um, it, it's it can blur the line. And so that's why I think it's maybe not so much a debate of fiction versus reality as much as you know like that balance that we were t- that we started off talking about like yeah. okay so where is where's the balance and i don't know i think it's interesting so i am not personally someone who's gotten onto the whole like murderer serial killer like you know cold case files or whatever unsolved mystery bandwagon that's kind of been rolling in the past couple years that um and not that i mean I, I think it's all fascinating and i i think it's like it's awesome that people can like get engaged with that kind of stuff because again like the more i mean the more you hear about the more you know the better you, you know you can't go wrong with knowing a lot about stuff but yeah for me it's just it's there's something about the fact that a lot of that's real that i feel like would make it really hard for me to to sleep at night or yeah. to just like go to the grocery store because I like would assume that this lady behind me has been following me and has been profiling me for the past two <laughs> weeks but really she's just reaching for the almond milk but I'm I'm like you know I'm like back off you know so yeah. I feel like it would probably make me a little neurotic if I, <laughs> if I <laughs> consumed a lot of that stuff but I mean yeah just like so there's your balance you know the balance could look different for some people, they can, you know, consume a lot of that all the time and just be fascinated and intrigued and not be, you know, their quality of life won't necessarily be affected. Right. Like, you know, but like, for example, like mine might, might be the poor people at the grocery <laughs> store with me. If you see Gabe in the almond milk aisle, and if you don't know what <laughs> Gabe looks like, go to our Instagram page. There's a picture of him on there. But uh, if you see him in there, just approach softly. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so so I I love a good fiction story. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Like I, I I love a good story, um, and I love uh, being told the story in various facets or or modes, um, mediums. But um, for some reason, I find it very difficult to read fiction. Mm. Um, now again, like I read all all of the Lord of the Rings books. I have not read any of the Harry Potter books, mm. even even on audio, like audio, like audio okay. tape. Yeah, um, I haven't read maybe but one like Chronicles of Narnia book, okay. um, and that was the Magician's Nephew, which is the very first one. If you guys didn't know that, um, and then the last one is called The Last Battle, which yeah. you know, spoiler alert, I guess. But, um, uh. But yeah, so, uh, but I find it more difficult now that I'm like a 30-year-old man to indulge in a fiction, fictional reading. Um, when, one, if it's a movie, I'll just watch the movie, I'll get the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand there's probably things that are left out, but for the most part, my thought is just... But but all the meat is there, right? Like we didn't miss like any like life changing plot twist or anything. It depends. It okay. It depends. Like? So I, and I feel like I've never run into someone who doesn't, who like I have never run into someone who disagrees with me on this. But I'll give one example. If you've ever read the Maze Runner series, okay, and then you watch the movies. Right out the gate in the first movie, there's just, like, so many changes. And here's the thing. If you're making a movie, again, here's the pressure. You're trying to appeal to the people who read the books, but also to people who haven't read the books. Mm. So you got to kind of maybe water some things down. You yeah, got to change a little. that's true. Because, and here's the thing, I don't know what this is called, but there's, like, a certain, like, level when you're making a movie that you have to, like... Like, you have to account for how much the audience is able to suspend belief in some things. Gotcha. Which is interesting because there are some really uh, unbelievable, totally out there things that people put on movies. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I was listening to this and uh, somewhere and they're talking about, I think especially when it comes to like books, things that were, that were originally books um, and the movie makers having to be like, you know, 
where do we find that again like a balance between staying true to the material but if the material is also kind of very fictiony how much you know suspended belief can we expect from the audience to be like this was ridiculous you know or yeah. whatever so and I, I did I I'm, I'm starting now my lines are starting to get blurred I don't remember if I mentioned this in the podcast or in the conversation <laughs> with you before the podcast yeah. but I personally have never watched a movie that I thought was better than the book okay I, I have I, yeah sure. I have I have I have watched movies where I was the closest I've gotten is I've watched movies that I've read the book and I was like okay yeah there were obviously things that were changed but I feel like it didn't ruin the story like yeah. I felt like they did what they had to do to keep it within like an hour and a half two hours yeah and and I, I think there's a few reasons for that so um, one obviously you have to stay within certain time constraints like yeah. you were saying like you have to keep it within this realm of sensibility yeah right like you can't just keep going on about how they're walking through the woods yeah. having this conversation yeah. and, and you're like okay that conversation is taking way too long yeah. to have let's cut the conversation because it doesn't it doesn't turn into anything it doesn't materialize into anything mm-hmm. so although it like helps you establish what their relationship is in the book um in the movie you're probably able to do that probably more <laughs> with like non-speaking scenes yeah. where yeah. how they look at each other how they interact with each other the the, the body language and stuff like that um, the other thing is I, I I I would think that there has to be some level of um, like like there has to be a max like there has to be a lower ceiling for the movie than there is for the book based on like a contract right so like if somebody comes and says hey i want to make your book into a movie um here's here's the script we have written up for it take a look at it let us know what you think and then the author is able to sign the rights away based on yeah whatever so there's there's this ability of the author and 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 the rights of the author to be able to sign certain rights away but not all the rights yeah yeah so they say okay you can tell 80 percent of the story but the t- the 20% you that they leave out is really sort of some fat and that's probably stuff they would have cut out anyway mm-hmm. right so um and, and and that stuff with people who read really long fiction books or series of fiction books like Harry Potter or you know the Lord of the Rings um they're 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 the type of people and please please don't take this as an insult that's not what I mean as I just mean you know people who read fiction because I'm not one of them uh necessarily but if, if you're somebody who reads fiction often and those books become movies, then you are you are already prone to lean towards the book anyway because you've already chosen to read it regardless of if it was a movie or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, sure, there's... There's there's a time and place for reading you know fiction and read you know reading fact uh, you know whether it's like historical documentation or things like that. Also, some of my favorite movies are more like documentary style mm. movies. Okay. Um, so like I love The Office because it feels real to me. Sure. Um, I know it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels real. There's yeah. the interviews, the talking heads, and you know Parks and Rec is like that as well. Yeah. Um, and it just, it feels like a real a real moment to me. Yeah, so yeah. Um, and and people to this day, you know, like they're they'll they'll see um, you know Jenna Fisher out, and they're all like, "Where's Jim? Did you guys get divorced? Like, what's going on? Why are you with that man?" You know, and they'll they'll see yeah. um, John Krasinski and say the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Where, Where's Pam? Um, but. Yeah, there is. There's there's a line, um, but that line, I it, it is. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's often blurred um, because there are nuances to stories. There's artistic rendition yeah. of, of certain stories as well. Mm-hmm. But um, as we wrap this episode up, and this, is, this has been a great conversation, by the way. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it's one that could continue. We could. We could do a part two. Yeah. Um, but uh, as as we wrap up, what would you say to somebody who is so as as somebody who enjoys reading fiction? What mm-hmm. would you encourage somebody who is not necessarily a fiction indulger to do? To do, yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, I feel like the most basic response would be try nonfiction. But sure, <laughs> I mean, if so, are we talking about like reading or just any medium? I mean, any any medium. Okay. Like, what is something practical okay. they could do okay. to like so maybe tap into that other side? So I think we are, uh, as we kind of touched on earlier, we're more drawn to. I'm going to use the word mediums again that are more passive because it requires less work. Not that, you know, just naturally. Not that, I'm not saying that people don't enjoy reading more than watching TV, but it's it's easier to consume. So I will say if you are someone who maybe enjoys non or fiction more, try to maybe peruse, um, I don't know, uh, maybe a streaming service or a catalog of movies where you can find nonfiction stories and maybe ease your way into nonfiction consumption. Um, and I think that you'll find that there are some really, um, really engaging and What's the word I'm looking for? Really engaging and compelling stories. Ah, that's the word I was going to say. Actually. <laughs> uh, engaging and compelling stories that are nonfiction um, that might really just grab your attention. And also, you know, think of what think of what draws you to your fiction stories. Is it mm. maybe more? Murder, may say maybe murder mystery fiction. Sure. There's plenty of nonfiction stuff, especially right now. There's a huge push for real life, you know, yeah. murder mystery things. Um, if it's maybe more old timey, if you like knights or or stories of like kingdoms, I trust me, there are plenty of things on that too. Yeah. Um, even if it's even if it's like a documentary, stuff like that, I would just encourage you to find. Um, ways to push yourself in yeah. that direction. And and I say to start with with movies or shows or documentaries because it's just easier to consume. But like if you want to dive headfirst into reading a book, um yeah. then absolutely. Um so that's yeah, that's what I would say is it's just give it a give it a try, give it a shot. Fiction's still gonna be there when you come back, you right. know it's not gonna go <laughs> yeah. anywhere. You you still have that. But yeah, I think I'll, whenever you can expand your horizons uh, within a in, a in a reasonable way, that's always a good thing. You can yeah. always find ways to round yourself out. I think that I think that's really great, and I think I would probably just kind of echo that because I think if um, if there's one thing any of us can do, it's find an area that we want to kind of develop ourself in it doesn't have to be necessarily like a self-help type mm-hmm. book or anything like that but i think even when you read through fiction you 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 find characters that you identify with yeah and you also find people that um are, are sort of the antithesis mm-hmm. of who you are and what you believe and it, it's maybe frustrating or irritating and so um in in some ways fiction can be like helpful yeah. And so if, if, if you're somebody who doesn't necessarily read fiction and you start reading a fiction book, um, I would just encourage you to like be be aware of, of that. Like be aware of the the characters you're identifying with, those that you're finding yourself in opposition with. Like yeah. why why do I hate them so much? Right? Yeah. Like what is it about them that just irks me? Yeah. Um, and then if you're somebody who constantly reads fiction, you love indulging in in, in, in fantasy um, you, you know, storylines, um, I would encourage you to pick something up and, and maybe just learn, learn a new topic. So the, the whole reason I even read the book, The Gene and Intimate History of Humanity was because I wanted to learn about something I had no idea about. Sure. And I already don't read a lot of fiction. So, um, that, that wasn't a difficult decision for me to make, mm-hmm. but, um, to just go looking for a book on genetics was, completely out of my wheelhouse yeah so um i think that's what i would say too is like if you're looking to jump Mm. into something that um is not necessarily fiction look for something that may still interest you 
that you might be um, excited to maybe learn something about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah and, that's what I would say. Yeah, and I think something that, again, that we talked about before the podcast is if you're maybe more entrenched in one or the other, I would challenge you in saying that I think that fiction and nonfiction are, are they both, they're, what was the word we said? They're interchangeable. They're they're both grounded in the same in the same vein of of thought. And mm-hmm. so, fiction is just an extension of of reality. Is all it is. Yeah. You know, it's not like like reality is some far removed. Sure, there are things in reality that can't happen mm-hmm. as opposed to fiction. But fiction, the themes, the like you said, the nuances, the different things about fiction all have to originate from reality because that's what we pull from you know even if it's like you know um wizards you know waving you know around (laughs) wands and battling each other or if it's alien invaders you know those are all different things that they have to take from human themes human experience and um the realities of they they all that that's one thing about fiction and reality they all share the common human element like the even if you're talking about non-human entities or or beings they all have a sense of humanity mm-hmm. and those same things are uh, they 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 trans they, they they like transverse everything mm-hmm. so and then there's also the I think the informative side of Nonfiction. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books is a book called Guns, Germs, and Steel. Um, okay. And that is a book. It's a nonfiction. It was written by an anthropologist. And the interest in reading that book started in high school when I asked my history teacher. I said, hey, uh, so if the argument no longer is that Europeans were way more um, maybe... Uh, what's the word? Um, Europeans weren't superior yeah. to natives of Africa and the Americas. They're just, you know, so why, if, if that's no longer the argument, because, you know, we don't generally believe in that, yeah. um, and the superiority of a race or an ethnicity, why is it that they took over the Americas instead of the other way around? And my teacher didn't have an answer for me at the time. And my interest in that question led me to this book where that's basically what the book is about. It's Guns, Germs, and Steel is a book about, yeah, why European societies dominated uh, Native American societies as opposed to the other way around. Why didn't – and because you look – and some things that a lot of people don't know is that Native societies were – so advanced Mm. extremely advanced like you you think of the Aztec Empire the capital Tenochtitlan um, they had like a sewage system they they had uh, standardized education they had and so and and they were and a lot of these societies in the Americas too were very advanced in astronomy in ways that um, you know Europeans weren't you know necessarily with, with all the advancements that they had Right. And and you look at place like structures like Machu Picchu made of these monolithic boulders that are so precisely um, made that you couldn't fit a piece of glass in between the stones. Wow. And even with today's technology it would be extremely difficult. So it's okay, so if there were not just a bunch of uh, and some people would argue they had extraterrestrial help. Exactly. Yeah. Aliens. So but um if you maybe don't ascribe to that belief (laughs) it gives a really so it's i will say it's a very tedious read um because they go into like the oh man real real detail um in a lot of things especially like botany for me that was a very tedious part of the read yeah but they talk about why from an anthropological point of view it happened and Mm. it makes sense and it explains why it's not like okay so maybe the um Eurocentric Caucasian societies of Europe took over wasn't because of an innate superiority it was just because of how things unfolded um, based on geographical location um, access to um, 
certain things, material materials, thing. and, oh, and yeah. you know. So it was. It, it's very, very. In, it was a very interesting read. One of my favorite books because it, it just it gives a very, very detailed explanation um, of a of a nonfiction, you know, a real life thing that I feel like not a lot of people consider or that maybe people think about but don't really have any way to answer that question or know about so yeah all of that to say there's there there's not as big of a gap in between fiction and non-fiction once you take out the the fleshy details of maybe people flying or like lasers being shot (laughs) you know there's not there's not that much different between non-fiction and fiction especially if you're talking about stories yeah you know um so yeah yeah an excellent point um and again we may do a part two on this because they're they're really and we we could do a part two on anything we honestly yeah yeah. because there's there is so much to talk about and so many areas to find balance in and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's fun uh sometimes it's 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 serious but um uh this has been the metaxas podcast we're so excited to have gabe back and uh Gabe, gabe will be popping on from time to time and um uh yeah hopefully we can get mo back on here soon and yeah. get the whole gang back together for but, sure um this has been fun uh thank you guys and we'll see you next time on the metaxas podcast that's all we've got for you we hope today's conversation helped you move from feeling hurt to being whole and that this time will help create a little bit of a healthier life for yourself your family and the community around you Check us out on social media with Metaxas Podcast and let us know what you'd like to talk about. And we'd love it if you took a minute to let us know how this podcast has been benefiting you. We'll see you next time on the Metaxas Podcast.